Hello, all you beautiful and amazing people. Welcome back to Rent Free with Mackenzie Davis, week two of the podcast reboot. I am so excited to be back with you guys again this week. And I think what we're talking about today is going to be of interest to a lot of people. I feel like the majority of the questions I get are around this topic, just being like, how do I become a realtor? How do I manage my time? How do I be a student realtor? Like everything surrounding that topic. And of course, that's a lot of my content on TikTok as well. But I think this is a unique platform to use to talk about it because there's so much to say and way more than I could possibly ever fit into a three-minute TikTok post. I also have some YouTube videos talking about this stuff, but kind of more broken up than what I'm going to be telling you guys in this podcast episode. Before I jump into the content of all of that, I just wanted to say I'm so freaking like excited because I'm less than or close... Mm, I think I'm like 1,400 followers away from hitting 100,000 followers. Oh my gosh. Like I have wanted this for so long. Not that it really means anything for me, but besides like having that number and like knowing that I've grown a community for the past two years, it's just like a huge accomplishment, I think. And I actually am working with the CE shop because they're just the best ever. And I'll talk about them more in this podcast because I use them for my real estate class, but they're letting me give away at least two, maybe three packages for the CE shop to take real estate class. There's going to be a little bit more that I'm not going to talk about yet included in that giveaway. So keep your eyes peeled for that one because I'm hoping, fingers crossed, it'll happen eventually. I mean, not just eventually, but like sooner than later. I asked them to do this because I know that that class is like the first step and for so many people, the cost of taking the class gets in the way of their dreams and if they could just take the class, I think that inspiration is enough to get people to actually take their licensing tests and stuff and I know that when I was taking it, I was super motivated but obviously $250 plus is a lot to spend especially when you don't know if it's the thing for you. So I'm really hoping these classes will go to somebody who has been questioning or needed that money for something else. So we'll see what happens there. That kind of segues me into the content of this entire episode, which is just talking about how you become a realtor, the things I've learned about being a realtor, and like so much more. I can't even like I'm trying to label it right now and it doesn't work like that. Like there's so much I could talk about. And I think the main thing that people are curious about is the cost, which is absolutely understandable. I always say that before you start this process, you should save at least two to $3,000 because there are going to be costs that come up, whether it's for taking your class, for taking your tests, for broker affiliation, for um, like national and realtor boards to buy signs business cards um, are you joining a team like there are so many different costs involved and 
obviously you don't want to get to the step where you can take your test and then not have the money to do so. So if you're thinking about it, I would definitely advise having the money saved beforehand. Aside from that, there are not really any things you need to do before. There's no like prep. You don't need to even know anything about real estate. I personally did not. I decided to do this very last minute on a whim back in quarantine. And if that doesn't tell you that like anybody could do this, anybody from any background could try it, I think that that's like the perfect example. I mean, I'm a psychology student, so I'm super unrelated to the field, but I still have managed to find success. And I think that you could too. There are a few optional things that I suggest to people because in a couple different scenarios, I mean, there are some of you guys that are like in high school and you're like, I want to do this the second that I turn 18, but obviously you can't really do much when you're not 18. So shadowing an agent or taking marketing or business classes or joining like DECA, like in high school, there was a business club um and they would like go and do businessy things i don't even know i was never in it but deca is a great option if you are taking ap classes and they offer something like that like try to get involved in the business world as much as you can shadowing is a really great idea because it'll give you a better look into what it is like to actually be a realtor Working at a brokerage is a great option. I don't really know what the qualifications for that are. You might only be able to like do paperwork or like something like that, but just getting your foot in the door, another that's another optional thing that you could do. And on the other side of that, there are a lot of you guys that are college students and you're either looking to go to college for something related to real estate because of xyz a lot of you guys say your parents are making you go to school regardless which is totally fine Um, education is great i love school and if they're making you do that and you don't know what to major in but you know you want to pursue real estate too marketing business i mean there's a real estate major i don't know that it really teaches you that much that you would learn outside the class but hey i mean if you have to go to school you have to go to school so those are all great options as well And of course, you could shadow an agent or work at a brokerage or do those sorts of things too. So those are the preparatory things that I would suggest. And then if you want to get involved with actually becoming a realtor, your very first step is going to be taking your pre-licensing class. There's nothing that comes before that. That is the first step. And there are so many different ways you can take this class so many different places you can go I did mine online and I really loved it but that is just how my brain works like I preferred to do it self-paced because I was involved in other things and I wanted to do it that way but I didn't have an instructor and nobody was telling me what to do so if you're one of those people that like needs that sort of discipline then maybe an in-person class would be better for you Just know that they usually take longer and they can be more expensive because you do have an instructor that they have to pay, obviously. Another factor to that is like, how do you learn? Like, are you better off like doing it by yourself or do you need someone to kind of sit there and walk you through it? You might learn more being with an instructor. I feel like I kind of took the easiest route to getting my license and maybe that's what you need to do your research I can only speak from my experience and like I said, I loved the CE shop so much. I always recommend them to you guys and I have not worked with them. Like I'm not sponsored by them. I genuinely just 
took my class there, really liked it, and that's why I'm always recommending them to you guys. I've heard of like the Real Estate Express and Prep Agent, and then I know like Keller Williams has a class and they'll like pay for it for you if you work for them. And a lot of brokerages will do that. I, again, don't know if this is a good option. I have like heard that those brokerages tend to be a little bit more predatory. So like, oh, we paid for the class for you. So you have to stay here for X amount of time. And then they have a really high split. So weigh your pros and cons there. I mean, if you don't have the money up front, maybe that is a better idea. But if you have the money, like I think you're actually saving more in the long run because you're able to go pick a brokerage with a commission split that you're comfortable with. Again, something that we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. Then once you pick your class, I mean, it's up to you how you tackle that. And for me, I'm just, I keep saying I'm going to speak from my experience. Clearly, I'm speaking from my experience, so I'm going to stop saying that. But when I did the CE shop, I decided to do 7% every single day. And it was a beast. I actually didn't take notes at all because it was way too much information. If I wrote it down, I would literally just not retain anything. I learned that within like the first day. And so I would watch the videos and I would take the practice exams and I would basically just make flashcards out of anything that I found really challenging or confusing. And I was able to then at the end of my class have like a thousand plus flashcards to study from. That was the most efficient way, I think, because I spent a lot of my time wisely just making flashcards instead of the notes. Like I would have, like if if I didn't do that, I would have then taken notes and then made flashcards out of them, which kind of feels like too much. It would take me like four plus hours a day. And a lot of people are like, oh, but I have a job and I have this and I have that. And I'm like, okay, I did too. And I'm not trying to like rain on your parade because I know people are busy and to each their own and whatever. But I was working nine to two Monday through Friday. I had an internship that summer. I was training for a half marathon and I was in two summer classes. So I'm not saying don't throw yourself a pity party, but I'm just saying like you can make the time for it if it's something that you really want, especially because I was able to finish in less than two weeks, which to me, it's like, okay, just grind, you know, like it's two weeks and then you can pick up back on your normal (laughs) lifestyle after the fact. Um, And so I found that really worth it for me. But like I said, be prepared because it's a a lot of freaking work, like a lot of work. After that point, you can take your pre-licensing exam, which for me was online and proctored. Pretty sure it's always going to be like that for the CE shop, but I also did this all during COVID. So, you know, the world was kind of paused. I don't really know as far as how that's done now. The proctoring thing was like a real person watching me take the test through the camera and I like could see them too. And that was obviously kind of nerve-wracking. You have to get, I think, an 80% or 75% in order to pass that exam. You have two attempts, and if you fail both attempts, you have to retake the entire class. So that's, like, a lot of pressure. At least I felt like it was because I'm like, oh, my God. If I have to do this all over again, I'm going to be freaking, like... And then, of course, that would just add to the anxiety. You're like, well, now I have to like extra careful and like that's just not what you want 
like I said, the way that I studied, I felt like was actually really valuable and helpful. So I recommend that to anybody who's kind of like, um, I have no idea what I'm doing. So you'll find out that day, like as soon as you finish, if you passed and what your score was, and you can then schedule your national and state exams, which are taken at the same time. Those exams, I think you have to wait like 24 hours after to schedule. I know it takes a while for their system to like update and say that you actually passed your pre-licensing exam. And again, one of those things I don't know about because of COVID, but I couldn't schedule for like two weeks. So I wanted to like take my exam like the next day because I felt like I had just studied enough to like prepare me. But I had to wait two weeks from the time that I passed that exam to take state and national. And I continued to study using the same flashcards, same practice exams, just kind of like really drilling that information into my head. And then I went and sat for my exam. It's taken in a testing center, which I'm pretty sure is standard for everybody, which is proctored, obviously. And you have to like bring your ID and they'll give you a pencil. Like you don't bring anything. And then you go in, take it on the computer, and even though it's like two separate tests, you take them at the same time. So you can actually fail one and pass the other or vice versa. Test itself, I think you have two hours to complete it. That costs like $60, I want to say. And if you have to take it again, you have to pay the full cost, even though you're only taking one section of the exam. That's what I mean. It's like weird that it's separate because you're really just doing everything all at the same time but you don't have to take it again so for example I failed state my first time around and I only had to take the national portion the second time but I did have to pay for like the whole thing and when I failed I had to wait like another week to take the exam because I had to get scheduled I've heard scheduling is worse since I took my class because now more people are wanting to get into real estate and it's also not COVID. So there's just like more stuff going on. So definitely like prepare to have to kind of wait and plan your studying accordingly for that. So then after you pass that test, you are technically a licensed realtor, but you can't do anything until you affiliate with a brokerage. And that is going to be like probably the biggest cost out of everything, depending on where you affiliate. And picking a brokerage is a really, like, big task, not because it's hard, but because you have to be sure that, like, you're doing your diligence and it is the brokerage for you. I mean this because just from being in the business, you understand that, like, every brokerage wants you because you're going to make them money regardless. So it's, like, up to you to interview them. And I always say you're interviewing them. They're not interviewing you because they're going to take you regardless unless it's some like luxury brokerage or team or something that has like a more in-depth interview process. And to tell you how easy it is to affiliate, I literally emailed my brokerage and told them I wanted to and they were like, cool, here's the paperwork. And in hindsight, like I shouldn't have done it that way. It worked out really well for me and I'm glad that I did, but I'm lucky. Like I could have definitely, it could have gone the wrong way. So when you're picking those brokerages, I would kind of start by looking in your area, look at brokerages that a lot of people work at that are highly regarded, and then start looking at the numbers because to me, that was the biggest thing that varied and also the biggest thing that mattered to me. I didn't want to be giving a shit ton of my commission to people and I didn't want to pay a bunch of fees. 
So I ended up at 100% commission brokerage where I make 100% of the commission. I just pay them a $450 admin fee per transaction. So for me, that was like, okay, yes. Um, They also have a $450 yearly fee, which was also important um, because a lot of other brokerages have like a $1,000 yearly fee or something along those lines. You know, and I'm saying this because that was what I was prioritizing in the moment. But there's tons of things that you have to consider. So mentorship, do you want to mentor? Do they offer that? New member education classes, do they offer courses where you can learn how to do things and further your education? Do they pay for your continuing education? Do they pay for any other fees for you? What fees do they charge? What's their commission split like? What's the vibe like? Even just like, do you see yourself working there is really important. I mean, I love my brokerage, but I don't ever go to my office and that's not because of them. I just don't. But if you're planning on wanting to be in the office every day, like you need to make sure those are people you want to be around and those are good people. So picking a brokerage can be confusing and like a lot, but I would just pick a few that you think sound great and interview with them talk to the agents that work there try to figure out if it's a good fit for you and then you can affiliate and the good news is if you affiliate and you hate it it is so easy to switch brokerages so don't feel like you're trapped somewhere and you know beware of those contracts that you're signing because some people like will offer a signing bonus but then you have to be there for like three years so don't get yourself wrapped up in something like that where you have to either pay back the bonus or you're just stuck there for three years or like whatever the case is. I have switched brokerages once and I switched back to my brokerage after like one month because I switched with the intention of being able to connect more with my followers and actually be able to mentor them only to find out that the company that I was switching to was really more like pyramid schemey and kind of like exp like they had tiers and then you would make money off the people underneath you and not that I felt like that was a bad thing but I didn't want my real estate business to be about recruiting people and I didn't want to convince you guys to come somewhere as a new agent that actually didn't offer mentorship plus it was just kind of like a bigger company and they had like a support system that was not great like I would get like customer service emails and I'm like this is not what I need I like I'm at a very small brokerage and for me that's ideal because I know the people at my brokerage and I connect with them all the time and like I like that a lot versus having like thousands of agents that I just don't know. So say you pick a brokerage and you're affiliating, you pay your affiliation fee, whatever that amount is, you have one last step in the official realtor practice part before you can actually start doing real estate and that is paying for your local and national dues. Um, I'm a part of the, well I guess I shouldn't say what board I'm a part of even though you could probably figure it out, but I'm a part of my county's board and then um, the national board of realtors as well and those each have their own yearly fees and then uh, there's the MLS which is how you find the homes that you're showing people and the central lock, which is how you let people into the houses that you're um, showing them. And those are all essential for your practice. You really can't do real estate without them. And I want to say that those are the second biggest cost. 
Luckily, most of those are yearly. I know for the MLS, I pay quarterly and it's like $125 a quarter. And for me, that's better because it just breaks it up a little bit more instead of like forking over all this money all the time. Again, that's part of the cost that I'm trying to like let you guys know of before you even get into it. Like it would be so awesome to get your real estate license, but then suck so much to then not realize about all these different fees you're going to have to pay before you can even do real estate. And so now you're like invested, but you don't have the money and you have no way to recoup the cost because you can't practice. So it's just, you know, save before you dive into it. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. The question I get about those like fees is do I have to pay them all at once? And no, but it depends how quickly you're going through this process. I mean, if you're taking a class that's in person for six months, then you're going to pay the class fee and then like six months later pay to take the tests. But then pretty quickly after you pass the test, you're going to have to pay the broker fees. So like that might be a little more spaced out and give you time to like save the money. But once again, like once you take those tests, you're kind of like, all right, now I got to pay for all those things unless you're not planning on practicing right away. But I mean, who's really doing that, I guess? Like, I feel like if you're taking the test, you're ready to go. Okay, so after that point, you're a licensed realtor. You can practice real estate. You can do whatever you want. And then no one tells you what to do. And now you're scared. And I was too. And this is the part where you have to, like, motivate yourself, get off your ass, do whatever you can to get clients, and then work hard to make the deals close. And you're going to feel like you don't know anything and you're going to be confused. And that is why I recommend having a mentor. I recommend everybody has a mentor. My brokerage required it for new agents and I'm so grateful that they did because like, wow, that was life-changing for me. Um, The way that I always put it is like, people tend to think that your broker is going to like give you clients or they're going to help you or like walk you through different things. And And they'll help you if you have questions, but they're definitely not going to hold your hand. And the mentor is the person who will kind of hold your hand. And that's because most of the time they're getting a cut of your first few deals. Worth it. So worth it. I like would have paid 100% of my commissions, my mentor, if it meant that like the knowledge oh my gosh, like the knowledge and just having someone to be able to call after a showing when you're like, Ah, they asked me this question and I have no idea how to answer it. What am I supposed to say? And then have someone be able to answer that for you and not have to like wait a few days for an email back or like try to call your broker who's already really busy. You know, stuff like that I found to be really, really beneficial. The second part that I found super like key to being successful in this business was using lead generation services when I first started out. A lead gen service is like an app or a website or whatever kind of service it is where they'll give you leads, like qualified people that are ready to buy or sell in exchange for part of your commission. And I, the first app I ever used is called OpCity. I really loved it and I still use it all the time. And the thing that stuck out to me the most about them was that they didn't make you pay any commission until closing which was great because if a deal didn't work out, I didn't want to be like shelling out all this money for these clients who I didn't know if it would work or not. And so with OpCity, they let you release clients if it doesn't work and you don't know them anything. And even just trying boosts you in their algorithm. 
So that's why I was able to close 13 deals my first summer because I used them. And being a younger realtor, like being a student, I thought this changed the game for me because like I only had three months before I had to go back to Blacksburg, a totally different state five hours away. And I wanted to make a lot of money before I went back to school. So it's like, what was I going to do in order to make sure that I did that. And Op City was definitely the answer. Let me just recap what I've said so far, just to be like super clear. Um, So the process of getting into real estate, you get your license and you do that by going to pre-licensing class, taking your pre-licensing exam, taking your state and national exams, affiliating with a broker, and then paying your dues and fees. Then the two optional things, which I highly suggest you do, and would be really helpful after the fact are getting a mentor and using lead gen services. And obviously, you don't have to do those things. I'm just suggesting based on my experience. I know I said I would stop saying that, but like, I had a quick path to success that a lot of realtors I know didn't. And I think that it's because of those two things. So obviously, like I want you guys to find the same quick success. Their misconception that a lot of people have when I tell them about this is that the market that I was in was different. And yes, it was. But let me tell you why that did not affect my business at all. And that's because I only was working with buyers. Like the only leads I was getting were buyers. And I joined during the 2020 hottest sellers market you've ever seen because interest rates were like at an all time low. And so I was representing these buyers who were getting outbid time and time again, multiple offers on every house, $50,000 over listing price, inspections waived, contingencies waived, like everything waived. And if you haven't been through that, just consider yourself thankful because it is so impossible and so hard. And it made me a better realtor because I understand that side of things, but it absolutely did not help me in any way. I didn't get more consistency because of it. I just had a lot more offers to write and a lot more houses to see. And so just like saying, don't think that that influenced me because being in the market that we're at now, we're still seeing a lot of over asking and bids, but it's a lot more leveled out. And I think that makes it easier for both sides and makes the market a little less crazy and chaotic. So it should be, I would think, even easier if you're a new realtor. So that's the process. That's what you do to get licensed And what comes after is truly up to you and how you decide to like move forward and be a realtor. I did a lot of different things. I've tried a lot of different things. I have marketed myself in a few different ways. And I really do feel like I have a unique perspective being that I was a student realtor slash am a student realtor because I don't know. I had this time that I was given, which was definitely a privilege to figure out what was going on and what I wanted to do because I was practicing in Virginia. Like I couldn't do real estate for like nine months out of the year. And during that time, I really like strategized. I would post on social media and on Instagram and like build my following. And I wasn't actively practicing real estate, which sucked, but like I was still involved and learning and just kind of developing as a business professional itself. So I think that that was super valuable and helpful. And then now that I'm a realtor while I'm going to school, I kind of also have a unique perspective in that way because it's almost like I'm a part-time realtor, even though 
I don't really feel like you can be part-time in this job because you're still going for whatever your clients need. Summers, I tried to do as much work as I try to do during the school year. It just like depends on how many clients you have and what they need and all of that good stuff. So it's just interesting how things all are variable and dependent. Do you have a video going in depth about what it's like being a student realtor and what my schedule looks like? But I'll talk about that a bit now too. Because I do think that it gives a little bit of insight just like knowing kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis and to be completely transparent most of my time is spent doing school stuff I'm in a master's program that's pretty demanding I'm in four classes a semester that are two hours and 40 minutes each every week and then I have a graduate assistantship which is a whole other job that I work because they pay for my tuition in exchange for 20 hours a week and I wouldn't trade that for the world. They also pay me a very small amount, um, which I am also grateful for because it's harder to like get business when I'm in school because I'm just kind of preoccupied. But I spend about 30 hours a week on campus, and then that obviously doesn't account for the time spent doing homework. So then whatever time I have left is what I do real estate for. So it's a lot of weekends, it's a lot of evenings, it's a lot of here and there, rescheduling my life, taking off work, like doing things just to make things work. So flexibility in your schedule is really important. And I don't really have a lot of flexibility. So I don't know. I guess I've just gotten lucky up until this point, but I've been making it work. So that's all that really matters to me, I guess. Um, But I think that it can kind of extend to like other jobs and other types of education and all scenarios because if I can do this and if I was able to do real estate in my summers when I was going to school out of state, you could also do it with a part-time job. You could also do it while you're in school. You could, you know, kind of go at whatever pace you really want to. So I always like to highlight that aspect as well. Basically, like if you want this to be part of your life, you can make it part of your life. And like, who's to say, like, if you don't sell any houses, that's fine. If you sell one house a year, hey, that's a nice $10,000 in your pocket. Um, Like, I would never complain about selling just one house because it really is great. I mean, obviously, if you're supplementing your entire income, it might be more of an issue, but that is up to you and, like, what you want to do and all of that. So I highly recommend. But, yeah, I think that I covered all of the basics. I really just wanted this to be out here and out in the world because I know a lot of you are curious like what the process looks like, how much the process costs, what you should know, what it's like, like all of those things and it's really hard to answer all the time because it really won't ever look the same for anyone. Like there's no way to predict what your future will look like in real estate which is I know a scary thing to say but you just don't. Like you don't know who your clients are going to be. You don't know what they're going to need. You don't know how many you're going to have at one time or not have at one time. And so you are going into this kind of blind and that's scary, but that's part of the job. Um, But that's why it's hard for me to share my experience because it's not going to be what yours is. And it would be really shocking if it was. So just a lot to consider. But yeah. So basically, I think that's where I'm going to call it for this episode to be able to put this episode out there I think it will help a lot of people and I'm always open to hearing what you guys want to hear I'm always open to chatting with you guys over on Instagram through my dms through tiktok comments whatever works for you 
And um, I hope you guys have a really good week. I hope that maybe this inspired someone to finally take that step. And I love you guys a ton. So have a great rest of your week. Okay, bye-bye.